Hello and welcome and happy Thursday. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper. I'm your host, David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, the show where no one's listening. No one cares. The show where I say the same shit at the beginning every goddamn episode. Today, science fiction or science fact. Oh my God, there's so many new shows that have started segments like that. <laughs> That's so tacky. Science fiction or science fact. Uh, Babies in space. That's what we're going to talk about. We're here with CEO and founder of Spaceborn United. In short, they're trying to do IVF in space to see if we can well colonize Mars, expand our space travel into the galaxy. It is a private organization. I'm trying to get a straight answer from this guy whether sex in space is possible. His name is Dr. Egbert Edelbrook. And well, let's find out if he's able to make babies in space. Hi there. Hi there. Egbert, is it? Yes, it's Egbert from the Netherlands. Egbert Edelbruch. Yes. Okay, I got it. My my producer, Danny, was really worried I'd pronounce your name wrong. Oh, well, in, in, the, in, in Dutch, it would be Edelbruch, but I'm not going to ask that from you. That seems easier than Edelbruch, which is what she told me. Edelbruch. <laughs> okay. Let's 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 do Edelbrook then. Edelbrook, uh, Brook. Uh, okay. Are you in? Um, where are you in the Netherlands? In the south, in the city of Eindhoven. Okay. It's a little bit known for Philips Electronics. I've heard of them. I think I have a shaver from them. Yeah. So. I've been to. Well, I've been to uh, Amsterdam. I've been to Houda. I have a friend who lives in Houda. Cheese. Or as we North Americans say, Gouda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm, I'm rolling right now, by the way. I don't want to um, yeah, sure. surprise you on that. Happy to be uh, on your podcast. Because, I don't know, sometimes I have a background in science. I mean, it's computer science, the lowest form. But I studied physics when I was in school, and I'm fascinated by, I don't know, space, I guess. is. I mean, this is not, I'm not the first one to be fascinated by it. But because I like to get silly sometimes, I've done stories about sex in space, and as far as I know, all the major space agencies like Russia, the United States, they all say they've never tried it. They don't know if it works, but they're kind of cagey about it. So maybe they have tried it. But look, if we want to travel to distant planets, solar systems across the galaxy, unless we figure out a way to beat physics as we know it, it's going to take a long time. So to get there the way I see it, and it doesn't mean there isn't another option, We've got intergenerational space travel where we have kids and kids and kids and by the who knows what number generation we arrive at the distant planet. Or we have some sort of sci-fi style stasis, cryogenics mm -hmm. with current science that's, you know, kooky stuff. People who claim to know about that and claim to have success with that, they haven't. But one thing we know we can do is have kids, right? We, we can have babies, some of us at least. Yeah, I mean, there, there's um, you, you have the, the the natural reproduction by having sex, um, but there's also assisted reproduction uh, with 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 uh, without sex. So, like IVF, in vitro fertilization, that happens on Earth on a daily ba basis uh, in, in in almost all countries, 
And yeah, we can take that to space. We're, we're, we are taking it to space uh, because it would be a little bit unethical, well, a little bit, a lot unethical to uh, have people reproduce in a natural way in space at the moment. Why unethical? Just space agencies don't allow for it or you can't really force people to do that? Or what are the ethics with that? Uh, it, it's not the, the, the technically, physically, it, it's it's possible. There are some minor obstacles, but we can overcome them. It's about the health of the of the of the embryo. Ah. Um, embryos are designed to experience a certain level of gravity, like we experience on Earth. And if you take that away, if you or if you change that too much, you get a lot of uh, negative health uh, implications. And so, also there is the radiation which is much higher than on Earth. We In space, you don't have the 10 kilometer uh, atmosphere that protects for a lot of the radiation. So those are key uh, problems for reproduction in space in a natural way. So that's an overview of the problem. And then we enter you. You're the CEO and founder of Spaceborn United. Let's take a step back. How do you become first interested in this problem? Yeah, well, um, part of that is because I uh, I am a donor, a sperm donor for uh, an IVF clinic, and in that role, I learned more about this this technology, this IVF technology, this assisted reproductive technologies, and there I combined this new knowledge with my my own passion for space exploration, and I was getting more and more curious if we could perhaps re-engineer this existing technology to also make it work in space. Because as you mentioned, we need to address this if we want to become multiplanetary. And apparently all space agencies do, they want to, and we support this goal. So uh, my curiosity um, translated into, into talking about this with, with experts from the space sector and the medical sector and, and the ethical uh, experts, etc. And uh, everybody was like, hey, can I join? Can I join? This is important. And I was initially thinking, well, uh, doesn't make sense. This is so big. NASA is doing this or ESA or one of the other agencies or Elon Musk, you know, but they don't. And there's there's clear reasons why they why it's very difficult for them. And, and uh, yeah, so that's where it started so, some six years ago. How do you get funding for this? It goes from you know, most people will think this is kind of a wild idea. You know, you're a little bit ahead of your time. We can, we can't really, we haven't even gotten people to Mars yet, which takes what, six months. How do, how do you go around securing funding to start something like this? Yeah. So initially we, we depend on, on angel investment. I, I also invested a little bit myself, uh, but there's, um, there's another business case, not our very long-term goal is enable reproduction human reproduction in space but on a more short term there is very interesting opportunities for the fertility sector like ivf clinics and 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 related uh, organizations because what we uh, will be doing in space very soon um, our experts our ivf and space experts have very high expectations that this will be translatable to improve ivf on earth significantly so the, the IVF success rate on Earth, they're, stag they're stagnant um, all over the place. And, and the sector is, 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 is really a little bit frustrated. So they're really uh, eager to, to find new ways to further improve those success rates. And yeah, we can explain why what we will do uh, will, will uh, improve it a lot. 
Okay, well, let's talk about the current experiment that you want to conduct. Um, the ethics around it, the expected outcomes. What exactly do you plan on doing? Yeah, so uh, it's a step-by-step approach. Um, it, we, we cannot uh, start with with uh, human embryos or human uh, reproductive cells. Uh, you always start with with animal animal cells. So the first experiment will be with uh, mouse uh, sperm cells and, and female cells. And we will do a I- full IVF cycle in space. That means um, the fertilization happens in, in low Earth orbit um, inside an unmanned mini lab. So it's like a small shoebox size mini lab wow. um, in which the magic happens. That's where the, 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 the sperm cells will fertilize the, the female cells, grow into an embryo and develop for about five days. And then... Um, uh, we are monitoring that with micro cameras and, and, and live streams to Earth so we can monitor all these embryos being born, uh, be, being uh, conceived and, and developing. What's inside the box? Uh, is it a little robotic arm? How, how are you actually performing the experiments unmanned in a small box? Yes, so um, it's it's uh, existing IVF technology, but re- miniaturized okay. and, and, and optimized for uh, application in space. And we use, for example, uh, a disc, rotating disc, a microfluidic disc with all small channels. I have a prototype in front of me here. Yeah, it's cool. And there are some rooms on the outer edges of the some some chambers, and inside those chambers, the embryos will conceive. And by rotating the disc, they will experience um, a gravity level. And by changing the rotation speed, we can adjust it to any gravity level that we want to study, for example, the gravity on Mars, which is a lot less than on Earth. And in that way, we can study embryo development in the Mars gravity environment, but close to Earth uh, affordably, and then uh, learn if the Mars gravity will be sufficient for healthy reproduction, healthy embryo development. What if you find that gravity is completely essential to make something like this viable, that if you try it in space for whatever reason, it doesn't work out? What are you expecting the outcome to be? Or like a true scientist, though, the best you can say right now is we don't know. Well, because we don't know, we are studying it and we need to. There's, there's a lot uh, known about microgravity when you're just in the International Space Station, just in orbit, orbiting Earth not experiencing experiencing real gravity but our embryos will be experiencing gravity because we will be rotating that disc um and um we yeah we don't know if mars gravity will be enough it could be it could be it it needs to be a little bit more and that will not be a showstopper for reproduction on mars it could um it could mean that okay the martian gravity level is just not enough should be a little bit more and then um, uh, they can start designing interventions like even uh, rotating bedroom areas where pregnant women need to spend the night for seven or eight hours to compensate for the lower gravity during the day. That could just be the solution. So this is not, uh, it, it will not result in, in, in a showstopper, but in, in uh, crucial input needed for designing interventions to compensate. So what's next after this experiment, assuming it, it's a success or you learn what you're expecting to learn? Yeah. So if it's successful and we study the, the health of the embryos, we place the, the embryos back in the natural womb of the mouse 
and uh, we we study the pups and we 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 study the 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 reproductive uh, process of the 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 new born uh, mice and we prove that everything is 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 good and healthy then we can gradually transition to do the same with human embryos and human uh, sperm cells and and female cells so dreaming big what where do you hope to see your company? Where do you hope to see human space travel in, let's say, 200, 300 years? In the distant future, where do you see us? Do you see us colonizing other planets? Do you see us just sort of setting up a base on Mars? What, where do you see a long-term outcome after our lifetime from this technology? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, uh, technological developments are, are exponential these days. Yes. Uh, especially in a medical field and artificial intelligence, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty. Don't get me started on the tech singularity. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's difficult to predict so far ahead, but we will certainly, if you ask me, it makes a lot of sense. There are so many benefits for becoming a multiplanetary species. So we will certainly have an independent human settlement on Mars with uh, yeah, a couple of million people. Probably we might. Yeah really like 200 years and further we should have um settled on other um other planets in our uh, venus i think should be i mean mars could be terraformed uh, a lot more than yeah than in, in in a few decades so we might be able to to live on the surface of mars mars and and there's there's plants and trees and jungles and well cities and that should be possible. That, that I think that's that's a realistic scenario for at least for Mars. Depending on on the technology and the rocket propulsion technology, we might be traveling um, to to other solar systems. And and the, the things you mentioned, uh, cryogenic frozen embryos, seed ships, sending them to other planets. That might happen. Well, I was talking about cryogenics for existing humans, but I guess it's very much possible that you send an automated ship with the embryos and then as they approach their destination they're fertilized something like this those concepts are very seriously studied by uh, several universities and then and, and the space sector um and nasa and esa they are also seriously studying uh, scenarios for human hibernation that's not freezing but it's a nice step in between what do you say to those people who and i'm not one of them at all i find this stuff very exciting me and my ex-wife used to fight because I said, if I have the option to colonize Mars, I'm going. It was a joke, of course. But there are people who will look at technology like this, people working in this space, and say, our effort should be directed at cleaning up the Earth we have here rather than terraforming a planet. I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. But what do you say? To, do you get critics like that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legitimate uh, concern. And, and of course, we, we shouldn't focus uh, a lot on like a plan B and 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 if, um, allow for the further destruction of Earth. Of course, ninety nine point nine percent of all our talents and efforts and money and resources should be focused on on keeping Earth habitable and healthy, etc. But there are some um, some some risks that we might not be able to control, and therefore it's wise to have a plan B. But Let's let's focus on plan A, A with, with, with almost everybody, of course. I saw that documentary Armageddon. I've seen what can happen. I'm kidding, of course, not a documentary. But <laughs> we could do every effort to restore the Earth in the next hundred years to make it perfect again. Stop global warming. Stop all these things. Well, climate change. And then an asteroid could just come hit us and we'd be toast. So 
these things aren't a bad idea, even though the earth is, and by some people's opinion, burning right now. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I yeah, it, it's good to to have these discussions and to to embrace uh, critics and, and and dialogues about it. It's it's very important. Will there be a public experiment? Do you think where people actually have sex in space? I am deeply curious about this. Oh, absolutely. The the, the space tourism sector is is now um, emerging and and accelerating, and that will be a strong magnet for couples that will want to be in the in the history books or the very first conceived naturally conceived baby in space that's very attractive even for upcoming space nations to send couples um but because that's ethically not yet um uh, safe to do not responsible to do um yeah we should first wait until we have um Space stations with with rotating wheels that provide enough gravity, and if we solve the, some of the radiation issues a little some more, then it might be um, ethically acceptable. How do you feel about the privatization of space travel? When I was a kid, it was all NASA, you know, it was all government run. Now I see things moving ha- faster, but sometimes maybe a little less ethically or a little bit more uh, containing the ugly parts of capitalism. Do you think the privatization of space travel, especially here in the US, do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing, or a mixed thing? Absolutely, it's a very good thing. And it's very good that the NASA um, was was decided to embrace this and to allow for this because it's, 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 it's the benefits of both uh, approaches. I mean, it's very difficult for agencies to spend taxpayer money on ethically complex topics like life science, space life science, especially reproduction. So that gives us a reason to exist and and the the private sector can address other challenges than agencies can. So the combination is ideal. I mean, you need large budgets, country kind of budgets for all the work we need to do. Therefore we need agencies, but we also need uh, more innovative power fail fast approach i mean what elon musk can do agencies cannot do they can they cannot have all these exploding self-landing rockets uh, before they actually work well and and but we need to innovate fast and that that can be done much more easier with the private sector okay well i wish it wasn't elon musk i'm not the hugest fan of him but i don't hate spacex so you know here and there uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover? I mean, this is all fascinating stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe people w- would be interested in 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 uh, knowing that we expect to have the very first human embryo in history that is conceived in space in just five to six years. Wow! And uh, then there's another small step to be allowed to place back such a healthy embryo in the natural womb, and then we will have the very first human baby the human child that was not conceived on earth we expect to enable this within this decade wow and so you would fertilize that and then bring it back to earth or you would carry the baby to term out there no absolutely not Uh, carrying it to term it would be super irresponsible it's it's uh, the conception the first five days of embryo development and then returning back to earth and uh, um, the rest of the pregnancy and and giving birth on earth when do you expect we could have our first space baby, as it were? And do you mean space baby, a baby just born in space? Sure, sorry, uh, a baby where the full pregnancy, the full term of it, and the birth is given in space as well. Ah, we uh, expect that should be possible in about three decades. Yeah, we know that's ambitious, but yeah, let's 
start with an ambitious plan and see how fast we can we can do it in a, in an ethically sound way obviously start with the rodents we'll take it from there absolutely <laughs> all right well thank you for your time dr egbert edelbruch no not even close yeah it was very close oh that's how you pronounce my name good thank you it's a pleasure to uh to to be on, on your on your show so uh yeah, it was a pleasure having you here. This was fun and informative and fascinating. And thanks for your time and, and good luck with the experiment. Thanks. I'll keep you updated.